Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We want to be a place where you can own your faith and take next steps in your relationship with Jesus. Maybe your next step is to seek out a community and join a movement group. Maybe it's supporting movement financially for the first time or using your gifts on a volunteer team. Whatever God is calling you to do, our prayer is that you will step out in faith and let Him lead you. For more information about your next step, please visit movementcolumbus.com. Well, it's, uh, it's been a couple weeks since uh, we were together, and the last time we were together on Easter, I think I said good morning like three times, and I was mocked and shamed for it the last couple of weeks. So I want to I wanna right my wrongs and say good evening and welcome to Movement Church. I'll probably say something about morning in like two minutes, and you'll all laugh at me like I did in first service, but thanks for pretending that I have it together. Uh, if, you're, if you're wondering, is Mark more tan than he was at Easter? Yes, I am, and thank you for noticing. Uh, I went outside once for three minutes and got burnt really bad and so I've been hiding inside for about 10 days uh, trying to make that better. Uh, But that's the life of a redhead during spring in Ohio. So some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but just trust me, it's a rough life, all right? So uh, anyway, uh, it's it's week two in our series in the book of Romans. Uh, We like to... Uh, do a, a book study, uh, usually once in the fall, once in the spring. We want to uh, just spend time in scripture as it was given to us uh, and read it completely uh, as, as 66 different small books, uh, see what God has for us and see how we can learn to, uh, to study and, and digest it. And so we've, uh, we've been in this book uh, now. It's, it's week two. We'll be in for a couple more weeks. And I hope that as you're uh, reading the Bible, if you have some time uh, if you're doing your personal study, personal devotions, if you get a chance to read Romans, I think that it would really uh, make this series jump off the pages to you. Uh, also, if you're one of those people who on your way to work listens to the Bible, I'm one of those guys because it's way easier than reading sometimes, right? And you realize all the time you waste in the car. So uh, feel free to download the Bible app. Uh, just click play and uh, just kind of walk through Romans with us and, and see what we can all learn. So uh, we're, we're doing this book um, because it's, it's a book that, that Paul wrote to the Roman church. Uh, it's a book that he wrote just to, uh, to anchor that church in the gospel. Uh, there's, there's nothing more beautiful, nothing more simple uh, than the gospel. And Paul said that for that church, when, when they knew the gospel, when they anchored in the gospel, that that would push them to holiness, that would push them to obedience. Uh, and we want to be a church, we want to be a group of individuals uh, that our lives are marked by holiness and marked by obedience to Jesus. And so uh, we, we're in that book, in this book for, for that reason. So, uh, if you want to turn with me, uh, today, we're going to be in Romans chapter five, Romans chapter five. Maybe you've got a Bible there. Maybe you've got your phone. Maybe you're a super Christian that's memorized the whole book of Romans and you can just catalog that in your head. Whatever you want to do, uh, tonight, just to, to prove yourself, that would be, uh, awesome. But we're going to be in Romans chapter five, uh, verses one to 11. And we want to see what God has for us tonight. As we read this, so I'll read it to you and you can uh, follow along, take some notes if you want. Romans chapter five, verse one, I'll be in the New Living Translation. It says this in verse one. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, 
For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. We have a a phrase that we like to say around here. Uh, Whenever a passage starts with therefore, we always say we have to find out what the therefore is therefore. And so this is one of those passages that starts uh, with therefore. Therefore is always pointing back. It's always building based off what has been said previously. And if you're hanging out with us for the first time or you weren't here a couple weeks ago and didn't catch the online message, you're like, I don't know what the therefore is therefore, Mark. Don't worry, it's literally my job to tell you. So I'm about to do that, all right? So the therefore is there for this. It's pointing back to Romans 1, 2, 3, and 4. And let me remind you what those uh, passages were about, what we talked about last week. We simply said this. It's a very heavy message, but, but it was this, that everyone is under sin. Normal people, moral people, religious people, good, good people, bad people, we are all under sin, And everyone is affected by sin. Sin affects our minds. Sin affects our relationships. Sin affects our motives. And everyone is held accountable by the law. We've been given a conscience and our knowledge of right and wrong. And so we are held accountable to that. Here's the best part though. We said that everyone can share in the gift of salvation through Jesus. So our big idea was this, that we are all lost in our sin, but through Jesus, God makes us right in his sight. And so there was all of this talk about sin, all of this talk about the weight of sin and how we are lost in sin, and yet there is hope in spite of our sin. So that was the foundation. That's what we said. And now we have this word, therefore. So it says, therefore, and then the next verse talks about exactly the relief from that heavy foundation. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. So there's weight in sin. There's a, there's a heaviness to sin. We are lost in sin. We are consumed by sin, but we are offered salvation. We are offered life. We are offered relief in Jesus Christ. In fact, here's what I want us to spend our time today talking about. Five reasons that faith brings joy. And honestly, that, that verse we just read there kind of gives us the first one. We can have peace. Five reasons faith brings joy. The first one is this, we can have peace. Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. As sinners, as people who who think that we know better, think that we have a better way than God, people who walk away from God, people who turn our backs on God, we are in opposition with God. We don't like to think that because we're self-righteous, because we like to pass the blame, and honestly, that's even a sin, but we are in opposition with God. Every person who can hear my voice, every person who's ever lived, any person who's ever existed in the history of time is in opposition with God because of our sin, and yet Jesus came and solved that. Jesus came and saved us. Jesus came and removed our sin that puts us in opposition with God and put us at peace with God. 
First reason that faith brings joy is because we can have peace. Peace comes in a relationship with Jesus. Anyone who, who's married in the room probably understands what it's like to not be at peace with your spouse. I'm, I'm assuming maybe you had one or two or 200 arguments this week, right? Anyone who's got a roommate, everyone who's ever been to college, everyone who ever has a sibling knows that there are moments in life that we are not at peace with each other. And yet you know what it's like when you finally work through that, when you finally have that conversation, when you finally both get home from work and say, hey, we've got to talk about what happened last night. We've got to work this out. The relief that comes from that, the hope that comes from that, the peace that comes from that, when you remove that opposition, when you open up that pathway of communication again, that is what we have through the sacrifice of Jesus. We have peace in Jesus. Verse two says this, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Reminds me of a passage in Hebrews chapter four, verse 14, that says this. So then, since we have a high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We do not deserve to be at peace with God. We do not deserve to know the peace of God. We do not deserve this undeserved privilege of having a relationship with God. And yet that is what we are given. In fact, Hebrews, that passage I just read there says that we can, we can go boldly when we talk to God. We can approach him with boldness, not because we're great, not because we're perfect, but because of what Jesus has done. I made me, uh, made me laugh this week when I read that part about undeserved privilege and going places that we don't deserve. Some of you might know my brother-in-law is in a, a band and so sometimes my family gets to tag along to his shows and we get to uh, hang out there and you wanna talk about some people that do not deserve to be somewhere. You wanna talk about the art trips, right? So we're, we're kind of backstage and we're going to the catering tables and stuff and my kids are like just running up, like talking to anyone and like eating crab legs and dipping them in yogurt parfaits and it's just like all of the total chaos that you would expect when you let like six and eight-year-olds somewhere that they don't deserve. And so as I read this and I thought about undeserved privilege. And I thought about people who don't belong. I thought of myself and and my family. And yet that's who we are. We do not deserve to be in the presence of God. We do not deserve relationship with God. We do not deserve to approach him and come boldly before his throne. And yet that's the privilege that we have. Five reasons our faith brings joy. Five reasons our relationship with Jesus brings joy. We can have peace, but also this, we can look forward to sharing in God's glory. This passage tells us this, that we are already experiencing the glory of God and we can look forward and know that because of our relationship with him, we are sharing in his glory and we will share in his glory forever. So that must mean that life is perfect for Christians, right? And we've got all these good things. We've got peace. We're sharing in God's glory. no. No, we're still flawed people who get it wrong. We still turn our backs on God. We still sin. We still mess up. In fact, verse three kind of tips its hat to that. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Trials are going to happen. 
It'd be great if we could say, man, I wish nothing terrible could happen the rest of my life. I wish everything would happen just as I wanted it to, but trials are going to happen. But what we're promised is that trials help us develop endurance. And verse four says, and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. There are building blocks that are in place here. And this is kind of a pep rally for us because it's saying all of the things that we struggle with have a purpose and all of the things that bother us have a purpose and all of the things that, that weigh us down and, and give us anxiety have a purpose. It's saying this, trials are guaranteed. Trials develop endurance. Endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. But here's the exclamation point. And as I, as I read this, I, I just couldn't help but kind of scream out to myself in my office this week. There's a, there's a guy that I, I like to watch. His name is Mike Breen. He's an NBA uh, play-by-play guy. And sometimes when there's a big play, he, he has this catchphrase that he says, he just says, bang! And uh, I know what you're thinking. Mark, come on, that was a little too much. You have a microphone. Well, I did it anyway, all right? And, and when something happens, maybe sometimes it's when Steph Curry hits a three, sometimes it's when LeBron makes a great play, Mike Breen will just say that. It doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't matter because it lets you know that what you're watching is great, what you're experiencing is great, what you're hearing is great, and what's happening is great. So I'm going to give you a chance to yell that here in a second, all right? Trials are guaranteed. Trials develop endurance. Endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. But here's the best part. And this hope, talking about the hope in our salvation, will not lead to disappointment. Bang! Right? No, some of you, you messed it up. It's fine. It's fine. Mike Breen's not here. He'd be terribly offended, right? But that's what that celebration should sound like. The, the, the stuff that we go through, the things that weigh down your mind and your heart, the struggles of a week, of relationships, of life, of paying your bills, of being let down by people, of being hurt by people. All of the things that we experience, all of the things that are trials in this life, they're going to happen. But those trials have a purpose. They develop endurance and that endurance develops a strength of character. That character helps you be the same person all of the time. Character is is being the same person when no one's watching. And that character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Because no matter if people are around, no matter what's going on in your life, you can have the assurance that Jesus loves you. You can have the assurance that you can have peace. And you can have the assurance that you're sharing in his glory. And that hope does not lead to disappointment. Hope in Jesus, hope in salvation does not lead to disappointment. Five reasons faith brings joy. We can have peace. We can look forward to sharing in God's glory and we can rejoice in trials. I love this next part of verse five. It says, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The reason that trials have a purpose, the reason that trials produce something that is worthwhile is because when you go through a trial, you are forced to experience God in a new way. When you go through a trial, you will see God in a way that you have not seen him before. You will experience him in a way that you have not experienced him before. And you will know his love in a way that is new to you. So why does our faith bring joy? because we can have peace, because we can look forward to sharing in God's glory, because we can rejoice in trials and because we can know God's love. I feel like I should just say like, and seen. 
Close it right there, right? Feel pretty good. Yet verse six says this. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. I recently had a conversation with a friend and he was telling me that his, uh, his uncle uh, was born with one kidney and he's had a lot of problems with this kidney throughout his life. And he's at a, a place where he's finally been put on the transplant list and, and they're asking the family members to consider donating a kidney. I think sometimes I read a verse like this and I think like, really? Most people would not be willing to die for an upright person? Here's how I know that Paul is not lying, us, lying to us in this passage because I talked to my friend this week and he said, yeah, they ask us if we want to give a kidney, but nobody in my family wants to give my uncle a kidney. I was like, okay, remind me not to ever be in that family, right? I mean, this is a, this is a man who needs a kidney. I don't know if you know this, we've got a couple of them. You can spare one. This is a guy that, that they love, that they're supposed to want to take care of, and they have no interest in even getting the test to see if their kidney could work for this. We like to think that we're good. We like to think that we're nice people. We like to think that we sort of care about others or we're, we're better than some people. And yet this verse kind of comes for us. It even calls us in verse six there, it says us sinners. Paul's like lumping us in with him there. And he says, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. And we think, well, I might sort of, if called upon, or I would. No, you wouldn't. You probably wouldn't even give your kidney to your own family member. Just admit it, okay? But verse eight says this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we were still sinners. We're not talking about giving a kidney here. We're not talking about giving a hug or saying some nice things. While we were sinners, while you and I were actively sinning, while Jesus knew that we were going to actively continue sinning, while we were lost in sin, while we were defined by sin, while we were walking in our sin, Jesus gave his life for us. And he knew very well that that everybody wouldn't just say, oh, you gave your life. Well, let me, let me stop sinning. There would be people who would continue to sin. There would be people who would, who would daily, hourly, metaphorically spit in his face by their actions and disrespect what he had done because they just don't care and they want to do what they want to do. This passage says, while we were still sinners, former sinners, current sinners, future sinners, Jesus died for us. In verse nine, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Five reasons that our faith, that our relationship with Jesus brings joy. We can have peace. We can look forward to sharing in God's glory. We can rejoice in trials. We can know God's love and we are friends of God. We do not deserve to be friends of God. We do not deserve to have relationship with God. We do not deserve to know God. We do not deserve to be in the presence of God. And yet here we are. 
And so an obvious question to ask would be, do you have joy? Is your life marked by joy? Not happiness. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness is is something that can be taken away. Do you have joy? Because your life is built on faith in Jesus. Sometimes we we accidentally neuter the gospel. We accidentally teach ourselves a half gospel. We build the gospel on the wrong things. And so when we say that faith leads to joy, I think that the average American, the average evangelical hears that and, and thinks like, yeah, I have faith. I mean, my grandma used to take me to Bible school and my parents went to church and I try to give to United Way and I'm a good person. I watched a show this week and they, they asked this girl why she had a crush on this guy. And she's like, he's just vibey. And I'm like, I don't know what vibey means, but, but, but Americans love vibey things, right? right? Good vibes right now. It's like, what does it mean to be spiritual? Just good vibes, love, karma. And so I think when we hear faith, when we think faith, we don't even know what we're talking about. So let me amend that big idea. We said faith brings joy. I want you to know that faith in Jesus brings joy. So all of those statements that we've said are true, but I want you to know why they are true. Five reasons faith in Jesus brings joy. We can have peace because Jesus has made us right with God. We can look forward to sharing in God's glory because Jesus shares it with us. We can rejoice in trials because Jesus went through the trial of the cross. We can know God's love because Jesus died while we were still sinners. And we are friends of God because Jesus restored our relationship. There is not joy in a general faith in good vibes, in well wishes, in love, in karma, in spiritualness, in religion. There is not joy in those things. There is joy in a relationship with Jesus. Faith in Jesus brings about joy because of what Jesus has done. He's taken all of the burden. And in the best way possible, we do not deserve what we have available to us. What we deserve is death. What we deserve is separation from God. What we get because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is a relationship with God, is hope, is peace, is purpose. We have all of those things made available to us and we are friends of God. We get God's best, not because we deserve it, but because of what Jesus did. So what does it look like for us to have faith in Jesus? What does it look like for us to have a relationship with Jesus? I think the first thing that we have to do is is recognize our sin. We have to own up to our sin and own up to the fact that we're lost. Have you admitted that you are lost without Jesus? Have you admitted your need for Jesus? Do you see him as the one who can restore your relationship with God. We are distanced from God. We are, we are lost. And yet Jesus came and gave his life to pay the price for our sins by putting our faith and our hope and our trust in him. We can have a relationship with God and we can be found. Have you placed your faith in the sacrifice of Jesus and what he did on the cross? Faith in Jesus brings joy. 
It doesn't mean that every moment of your life, you'll just walk around being like, I'm a Christian, life is perfect, I have joy. But it means that your life is built on joy. Your life is dependent on joy. And you can work hard and work with purpose to know that joy, to anchor your life in that joy and to be built on something that cannot fade and cannot be taken away. It's, uh, it's springtime, which means a couple of things at, at our house. I make my family do yard work that they don't want to do. And we cut down limbs and trees and things. And so as a reward, uh, sometimes I let the boys play with fire when we're, when we're done working in the yard, right? In, in a supervised environment, I know you're judging me, it's too late, but, but sometimes I, I like, to, uh, like to just get a, get a fire going and then I'll say, hey, do you guys wanna get the, the leaf blower out, right? Because everyone knows that when you, when, you, when you pump air into a fire, right? There's something awesome is, is gonna happen, right? It makes the fire so much bigger. And so sometimes I think that, that we've, we've grown accustomed to, to knowing that we have salvation, to knowing that we have a relationship with Jesus, and we need to breathe life in, into that. I think just knowing these five things we've talked about today can change the way that we view our relationship with Jesus, can, can change the way that we view salvation. Sometimes we need to preach the gospel to ourselves, even if we've been surrendered to Jesus for a long time, even if we would say, I have a relationship with Jesus for a long time. Sometimes we just need something to, to light a fire under us and remind ourselves that we have peace, that we share in God's glory that we can rejoice in trials, that we can know God's love and that we're friends of God because of what Jesus has done. Paul wrote this book to the Romans and he he didn't really say anything that was life altering or shattering in that it was new. He was just saying, hey, remember that gospel that your lives are built on? Remember that joy I told you that you could have and you do have? I want you to be reminded of that. So I think for the majority of the room today, I'm not saying anything that you're like, whoa, the gospel, that's incredible. But guess what? When you wake up on Monday morning, you need to remind yourself of this gospel. And when you're walking into that Thursday meeting where you're like, I might get a raise, I might get fired, I might just have to do twice as much work and not get recognized for it, you need to remind yourself of this gospel. when you're having an interaction with your third kid and you're not even sure why you had a first, second or third kid and you wish you weren't even a parent, you need to remind yourself of this gospel. We need to remind ourselves of the gospel daily. We need to anchor ourselves in the gospel daily. And we need to feed the flame and fuel the fire that is in each of us so that our lives are built on the gospel and it pushes us to obedience and it pushes us to holiness and it pushes us to a life of service and devotion and a life that's saying, Jesus, use me, anchor me in your gospel and help me build your church. Let's take a moment and pray together. God, I thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much God, that you have reminded us what we have because of what Jesus did. God, thank you that we have peace. Thank you that you've made us right with God. Thank you that we can share in your glory. Thank you that we are friends of God. Thank you that we can know his love and we can rejoice in trials and we can have faith that brings us to a place of joy. Lord, help us 
to remind ourselves of our faith. Help us to remind ourselves of that relationship this week. Help us to anchor our lives and our thoughts and our emotions and our relationships and our marriages and our parenting and our careers and our mental health and everything we are and everything we do in the gospel. Lord, there's a beautiful simplicity to the gospel and there is a wonderful depth to the gospel. Lord, help us to rest in both of those things and help us to be grateful for who you are, grateful for what you extend to us. And Lord, I pray if there's someone here that's feeling lost, that's feeling defined by sin and has never really connected the dots that Jesus was sent, that Jesus came and gave his life so that we could know you, so that we could have peace, so that we could have relationship. God, I pray that... They'll just talk to you in prayer and say, Jesus, I I need you. I'm lost. I want you in my life. I want you in my heart. I want you to take away my sin and I want to know you. I want to walk with you and I want to be found in hope. God, help us to be individuals who are anchored in that. Help us to be a church that is anchored in that. Lord, help us to live the gospel and breathe the gospel. Help us to be pushed to holiness and pushed to obedience. God, we're rebuilding so many rhythms and sometimes we just need to continuously practice the same thing day in and day out. Help us to be people that are breathing in and breathing out life in you, Lord. In the way we work, in the way that we live, in the way that we serve, Lord, help us to depend on you and look to you. God, be with us now. As we worship, help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us to be grateful for your sacrifice. And Lord, help us to have our eyes on you, to sing to you and to lift our hearts to you in surrender. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. We hope wherever you are, this message encourages you to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com.